0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. Yeah. my favorite. It's Judd's hockey show. One one versus three. He's turning pups over, not shooting
1: a lot. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you could ask him too. I bet he says the exact same thing. And we had a little chat with him before the game tonight. Uh, you know, uh, I think he, I know he recognizes it. Uh, try to do too much right I mean he's got a lot going on and everything and trying to do too much he's getting special attention and uh you know when you try to do too much and try to do something extra trying to beat somebody it doesn't it doesn't go well because they're not only one guy's concentrating on you that all five guys on the ice are watching for him and uh so if you try to beat people one-on-one it usually uh turns over or try to make a softer play it turns over so um he'll be as we know he's a he's a gritty guy he'll figure it out. And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show. Just got home from the exit. Zolgadis. Declan Goff, as always. The Wild losing 5-2 to two tonight in an absolutely uh, brutal throwback performance. And I don't mean that in a good way to the Nashville Predators in downtown St. Paul. Uh, but, Declan, let's get right to it. Th- that was Dean Everson's postgame comments tonight about Kirill Kaprizov, the Wild's $9 million man for, what, 45 over 5, 9 times 5, uh, Kirill Kaprizov now in five games, five assists, no goals. Uh, and I'm going to drill down to one thing here. One, he's not playing well. He's not playing well. But but here's my biggest problem. Kirill Kaprizov last night against the Ducks. The Ducks, they're a better team than they used to be, but they're still not great. Uh, the Wild won that game. And so what that masked was the fact that that game went three plus periods. Kirill Kaprizov had three shots on goal. They were all in the second period. So he did not get a shot on goal. He did not um, get a shot on goal in the first, third period or OT. This is Kirill Kaprizov. Tons of ice time. Tonight, first period in what was a lethargic, brutal performance by the entire team. And Kaprizov had arguably, in my opinion, the worst game I've seen him have in person. No shots in the first period. No shots in the second period. Uh, Everson finally juggled the lines and put Hartman back in between Zuccarello and Kaprizov, and he had three shots in the third period. So let me get this straight. Six-plus periods of hockey played over the past two days. Karel Kaprizov has six shots, but they've all been confined to two separate periods. Um, I know he's pressing. I know he's got a big contract. I know that uh, he certainly is feeling the pressure. But all of that being said, and tonight was a big step back for me personally, Kirill Kaprizov, number one, just has to shoot. And Dean said in that clip that they talked to him before the game. But you, the line that they have of Eric Sanek and Zuccarello and Kaprizov has three guys who have various assignments in life when it comes to their hockey skills. And Kirill's is to shoot the puck, not to try to make plays. And I was very disappointed by tonight. I Tonight's performance by the entire team, but Krill in particular to me, we're five games in now, small sample size. I get all of that. Nonetheless, when when the head coach starts to talk about it and they are talking to him, it's become an issue. And, okay, I'll throw it to you with this. Shooting the puck should come second nature to Kaprizov, okay? So this is not like a big ask of, oh my God, you're pressing in. Can you just please shoot? Shooting the puck on that line should be bang. Of course I'm going to shoot. So of all of the things over the last two days, and in five games now, the Wild has yet to take a lead, but all of the things in the last two days that I've got in my notes from being at the X, the Kaprizov one, is one A, B, and C because it's got to change very quickly for this team to maximize what this team is going to be about.
2: Yeah, Judd, I was able to, uh, you know, I know they were off since Tuesday. They played back-to-back games uh, these last two nights against the Ducks and Preds. Um, outside of the opening shift, and you know what, he actually played all right in that Jets game, and even, he did get banged up in OT, and I also wonder if, if something's maybe lingering from a nasty hit into the boards towards overtime. That, mm-hmm. that has that has maybe factored into these first two games. Mm-hmm. But you need your star players to be star players. And Kirill Kaprizov's a phenomenal playmaker. No one denies that. Um, you know, w- this was a similar start to what happened last year with him. Is when he came in, he was more being a facilitator, he was more being a playmaker, and he wasn't shooting the puck enough. And it, I believe to pat ourselves on the back. It was you and I that said, hey, why, why don't you start shooting the puck a little bit more? What uh-huh. like, what what would be the worst case scenario with a guy like Kirill Caprizov to shoot the puck a little bit more? And I, I I went back to last season and I looked at his first eleven games because I remember him not shooting a very he barely shot the puck at all through the first dozen games or so, right? Uh-huh. And in the first 11 games for the Wild last year, he had two goals in 10 games and shot 15 times in just 10 games. So barely shot. Barely ever shot the puck. Um, for a guy that good and for a guy that noticeable, he has to shoot the puck more. Then something clicked. And from games 11 through 55, not including the playoffs, I don't have the playoff numbers included, but over the next 45 games, he had 25 goals and 142 shots on goal in that game. So not to say Eureka, You shot the puck more. You scored more. That's kind of how hockey works. Um, But you need more from him. And it's okay to ask, by the way, for your superstar players in this town to be superstars. Um, And even with someone who has a smaller sample size like him, you need him to shoot the puck because him being a facilitator on a line, by the way, with Matt Zuccarello. Matt Zuccarello is the facilitator. Right. So I, I don't need two point guards, necessarily, on, on the same line. Right. You, ha- you, you have your facilitator in Matt Siccarello. Karoka Kaprizov has to, has to fire it more. And I have even see some comments, by the way, on our YouTube channel. Thanks, for everyone, for, uh, for watching us right now. Daily Minnesota Wild and Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Hit the subscribe button if you uh, want more. Um, that Well, we, he needs Eck to shoot more. Last year, he needed Rask to shoot a little bit more. Okay, we, we, we can't then put the blame on guys like Victor Rask or even Joel Eriksson Eck, who, who is a very good player, to ask him to shoot the puck more. No, if if Kirill sees something, and even... Here's the thing about star players. Star players can make stuff happen in smaller situations. We saw this last year. I believe you touched on the fact of his windows to make plays. Most guys don't have the ability to make the plays in the small amount of space in the windows that he's able to do. Fiala kind of has that to a degree, but not obviously at Kirill's level. Mm -hmm. So it's totally okay to ask Kirill Kaprizov to shoot the puck just a little bit more. Yeah. Um. Because you needed him, and you noticed him through the first la- these last two games at least, and it's overreaction season. We're five games in, so there's going to be overreactions thrown left and right. But you need you needed more from Kirill Kaprizov over these ne- over these last five games.
1: So shots on goal through five games. I, I've got the the wild updated stats in front of me here. Okay. Okay. On that line alone, Eriksson has 14 shots. That's okay. one more through through five games than Kirill has. He's got 13. Zuccarello who, to your point, doesn't really want to shoot, and we'll touch on that, has 12 shots. That's far too close. Like Matt Zuccarello being one shot behind Kirill means that line is not doing what that line is supposed to do because Kaprizov is the guy who needs to, he's the sniper. So Ek, Ek gets shots on goal by cleaning up, which is awesome. That's great. That's how he scores goals too. But as far as the, sni- the assignment of sniper on that line, it's Kaprizov. Just to, to go through um, the rest of the roster now and guys who have more shots. Dumba, 21 shots. He's been awesome. Fiala, 18. Ryan Hartman, 17. Ryan Hartman has four more shots than Kaprizov, and I'm not done yet. Brandon Duhame, 16 shots. He has three more. Um, And and Nick Bukestad, who scored a nice goal tonight because the fourth line was basically the only wild line worth a damn in tonight's game has 12 shots. And so yeah, this is but look, it's the price of poker though. You are the 9 million dollar man. Um you are not supposed to be and, and by the way you're not a kid. You're 24. That's what impressed us. But you are you need to step in and you need to know your role and look, if you can if you have a chance to set up a great play, that's fine. But at the end of the year like the amount of your goals that show up on on the highlight shows ESPN because all oh, that was a beautiful goal fans don't give a damn they want to the, they want goals and for krill in the last 2 days 7 plus or 6 plus periods of hockey they have six shots confined to 40 minutes of play because Again, all three against the Ducks came in the second period. All three tonight came in the third. And by the way, by the third, the game was basically done. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my thought. though. Okay. So I, I've got a fix here. So okay. Dean, Dean in the third tonight ju- juggled it and went back to Hartman between Kaprizov and Zuccarello. And then he took Eck and, of course, put him back with, I know you're going to be shocked by this, Declan. He put him back with Greenway and Felino. Um, but here's the here's the deal for Caril. If Caril is this intent on passing the puck, and like he and and again he's going through what you quoted, chapter and verse, which is intriguing about the beginning of last year. I take him away from his pal Zuccarello. I take him away from his pal because they're serving the exact same purpose, and I put him with Kevin Fiala because and we've talked about this before. The hesitance of this team to pair those two outside of power plays or, or if, as, as uh, took place for quite an extended period of night, the is pulled, and then they'll put 22-97 on the ice together. But the hesitancy of this team to do it five-on-five five at times is ridiculous. And here's the thing. If Kaprizov wants to make plays, like if he's just stubborn and he's going through these periods where he's got to get it through his head, I need to pass, or I need to shoot the puck myself. Put him with Kevin because you know what Kevin's going to do? He's gonna He's, shoot. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So let's not worry about the... Se- I think we're getting too... I, and Dean, too. I think we're getting too hung up on the center. Maybe Hartman can get something going there, or maybe, you know, X not the guy right now. Forget about that. Put him with 22. Put him with... because Kevin... And Kevin's not up to a great start either, but that being said, Kevin tonight... Shot the puck. Um. In fact, let's see here if I can find it real quick. Uh. T- 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 he had six shots, six shots tonight. That's what he'll do. So if Corrill is gonna be, I don't know, if Corrill's gonna be stubborn about this, um, keep Eck there. I don't care. Put Hartman there. But yeah. put those two together, because until Kirill gets through this phase, he, he's like a teenage kid. Until he gets through this phase of, ah, oh, I gotta set up, guys, because I'm paid a lot now, and I want to make pretty plays. I don't know what. Fiala is the antidote, just in the sense, Dex, that he at least, if get, if he gets the puck, he's not... That, Zuccarello tonight at one point, I'm not joking, I think it was five on five, I'm not kidding you, came into the Predator zone. He's basically in the slot. And the one thing that's incredibly difficult that I will acknowledge in today's game is to get a pure shooting lane. Like they do yeah. such a good job, right? Yeah. And teams gum up. And and the predators actually play sort of a trap lock thing. So they try and they try and make make it a little bit more boring than hockey fans would like. Uh Zuccarello in the slot with a chance to get off a shot. And what I what looked for the press box to be a clear shooting lane, passed it. To Kaprizov, he passed up a perfectly good shot. So, if these two are go- are going to basically play patty cake with a hockey puck, I'm breaking them up for now.
2: Mm-hmm. I I'm all for putting Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov together. I I was on this train last season, um, and it, it's mm-hmm. a really interesting situation. Really, when you think about the fact that Matt Zuccarello doesn't shoot which is fine. Like it's, it's fine that Matt's a, that, that's, that's not where this pie chart, if you will, a blame that we're putting on Kirill Kaprizov. It, and it's not on those other guys to shoot the puck more. Kirill is dynamic and has to shoot the puck more, but because he draws a lot of attention and because there's a lot of players that are going to gravitate towards him more, well, just naturally uh, doesn't take any hockey whisper to figure out that someone's going to be open and someone's going to have space. And th- th- there are, as bulldog 13 TV points out here, need to realize the wild score more goals on, tic-tac, Kirill shot, skip the tic-tac-toe. I, I agree, skip the tic-tac-toe. Yeah, it can be fun, and obviously that overtime winner against the Jets was sweet, but if you have Kevin Fiala, he's, he's going to rip it at will, basically, which is, which is exactly what Kirill Kaprizov needs and what this, what's this team needs going forward. Um, I, I think what, you know, Fiala's volatile, so he's going to have up-and-down nights. He's going to have nights that frustrate fans and frustrate coaches. Um, and I can understand maybe the hesitancy of putting two of your biggest true playmakers on the same line in Kaprizov and Fiala, but at this point, why not try it? Um, And and to your point, if Matt Zuccarello isn't going to shoot the puck and Joel Eriksson-Eck is just maybe not as gifted quite yet to be that guy either, well, then it just makes perfect sense to break Kirill and Zuccarello up. Uh-huh. And, and, and by the way, line combinations are great. We love talking about line combinations. You and I can talk about this all night long till the cows come home, but I, I think the idea of putting Fiala with Kaprizov just makes a ton of ton of sense. It, it, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Uh-huh. By the way, Stephen, uh, Barbie on our, 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 score, on our YouTube comment uh, tells us, thanks, Score North, for the free tickets to the evening of the wild game. Wish the outcome was different. Yes, we gave away some wild tickets. We also have some fun other wild things we'll be giving away by the way, in, in future episodes of Mackie and Judd and on Judd's hockey show, just a little tease, you're gonna wanna Really you're gonna want tickets to this. Oh, I didn't know about that. But the, I I I don't know if I'm authorized to say what uh, it I is. I don't know. Yet. I I don't even know. But I do think you can probably deduct what big event you would get be able to get tickets for. Let's just let's just say that. So stay tuned to our Score North app. Subscribe to the, the next YouTube Preds game? channel. Yeah, maybe the next Preds game. Maybe the next time, uh, you know. Blackhawks who look like grandland. a GD disaster and I look like egg on my face. Oh, he's going to get my fired. Oh, my God, man. Jeremy um, Culleton's
1: going to be... Uh, yeah. he, he might be fired tomorrow morning. Him and morning. Nagy. Him and Nagy. Might yeah, I, I said, ju- the, 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 the <laughs> joint <laughs> Chicago press conference yeah. tomorrow to fire the football coach got, and the hockey coach. I
2: got out of Chicago this weekend prematurely and uh, we'll save that also conversation for tomorrow. But I'm I think we what the a lot of people. I'm curious what the angst yeah. is, too, there. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure yeah, you can tell us about that tomorrow. But, yes, hit the subscribe button for for all Minnesota Wild and Minnesota sports content right here on our YouTube
1: channel. Yeah, so I, I just the thing with the thing that also frustrates me. So I I actually watched pregame warmups intently t- tonight just to try to glean a couple things, Dex. Mm-hmm. And here's what and here's what gets me about Kaprizov not shooting more. This this makes it worse to me. So to their credit, uh, Felino Hartman. Kaprizov and Zuccarello stay on the ice until after after like the time is run out and the horn has sounded. And so they're the last four guys. And I think that's their ordinary thing. But Zuccarello gets in the circle for like the last minute and a half or two of the warm up. Uh he's in the circle to what would be the left of the goaltender. And what he does is Caprisov stands in the circle. So he's at the top there. And then teammates come down the slot and it looks like Zuccarello, the whole time rotates between feeding the puck to a teammate and he's working on his passing well like it's not just a it's not just a time killer thing he's actually passing the puck and trying to make passes that are crisp so he, he's preparing himself for it, the, the game he alternates that between passing to his teammates who come down the slot and shoot and Kaprizov. And Kaprizov then gets the puck and, and attempts what look to be one-time wristers, which is great as well. So, like, they're working on this pregame, okay? So, like, you know exactly, like, that's Zuccarello marking his territory of, I'm the guy that passes the puck. Uh, and like it or not, he's a veteran. That's what he's going to do, and that's what he's, you know, pretty damn good at. Uh, so, I watch that, and I'm like, okay. Everybody gets their role here. Like, everybody, right? Like, Kaprizov is shooting the puck because he knows that's his role on this line. And so if you're if you're going to have these guys continually, like, try and outdo each other with passing plays, you got to, at least for now, you can change this completely. Uh, but at least for now, what I do is I say I'm going to put Fiala and Kaprizov on the same line because I know that Kevin is not c- going to become tempted to become Gretzky and be like – I've got a razzle dazzle pass to. so I, it's just that Kaprizov. It sounds like too uh, from the stats last year. Now I know he got the OT goal. I think in, in the first game against the Kings, so that probably changed our tune a little bit. But um, Kaprizov needs a jump start, and I think Fiala. Like if you go Ak Fiala, uh, Kaprizov. <laughs> that gives you a jump start, and then there will be nobody confused. Because if caprizov passes till the cows come home to quote you, Vial's going to be like, this is awesome. Yeah. I'll shoot the puck.
2: And I think, you know, Frederick Goudreau has played admirably. Like, he's maybe he's yeah. a little bit better than I thought he was, but I, I think it just makes sense. to. And, by the way, the Wilder 4-1, this is this is good. You know, the, the Wild have off to a good start. This isn't a doom and gloom episode by any means. But I, I, I think it's important to get your superstar player right. going. And, That's and the most get, important thing. And to get yes. him going is, yeah, I think giving and, Kevin Fiala. And
1: That's you've got to get him going, and, and whatever line he's on has to get going. And where the Wild is five games in, Declan, playing with fire, is this, and I, I wrote this down, but it's this whole thing of you play the Ducks, you're down one rip, right? You play the Kings, second game, you're down one rip. You play the Jets, you're down one rip. And then at one point, trailed by two, and darn near th- thought that the game was lost on an empty net goal. But by the Jets, you come back and win 6 5 in OT. And then again tonight, you, you go, or I'm, I'm sorry, against the Ducks again last night, you go down 1 0. And so that's the thing that has to change. Like, it's fun to come back, and those wins have, have been fun. And I admire the resilience that we had seen up until tonight. Uh, but if you're going to be a good team, you can't be doing that. And the second thing too is so the blues who are who I dismissed as possibly not being that that good. Again, small sample size to your point, four and zero Goal differential declan, the blues plus eleven. The Wild four and one now. So they're tied top the central with eight points with the Blues, plus one. Like if you're gonna be a good team, that can't be plus one. No. Um, let's get to Jason's comment because you've got some insight on this as well, because if there was a number two on my list, this would be it, uh, based on what I have not seen from this guy.
2: Yeah. You know, Jordan Greenway, I felt like had a, a, a decent year last year, you know, he leads the team and assists. He has good chemistry on the line with Joel Erickson, and Marcus Foligno. Um, does he want to be this next level player or does he, want to be Charlie Coyle basically which version does he want to be and it might be unfair for us to loop in Jordan Greenway and Charlie Coyle in the same sentence but they're built the same they have same pedigrees they came out through the system they were supposed to be maybe not superstar players for your team but but core pillar players that you should be able to build around and be effective players um and to be honest through five games I I think Jordan Greenway is getting scratched I would say he's the most disappointing player the Minnesota Wild have deployed through five games um there isn't really anything about his game that has been sexy so far. Um, he's been starting in the offensive zone a ton. Now, tonight was the first time he actually started in, in the back end more than he did in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. But for a guy who is on a line, by the way, with Marcus Foligno, who with, again, egg on my face, has looked great, not, not just being the characteristics of Foligno. But and works his point. ass off, absolutely. And Ryan Hartman, I also yes. I think has been very solid. Yep. So I do think if you look at some of the numbers um, with his line mates, you might say, Oh, he's fine. But I actually think he's been completely a, a, a detriment to the line. I, I, I don't think he's done anything that has said, Oh, have you seen that play from greenway? Mm-hmm. Um, and just in general, his analytics haven't been very friendly. His course, is being down, which means he's being out by other teams. Other teams are at least are out him mm-hmm. out the wild when he's on the ice. Um, and to, Credit J Fresh Hockey, which he does a great job, by the way, on analytics. Um, his finishing rate, so like finishing at the net, is mm-hmm. one of the lowest in the NHL. He doesn't finish at the net at all. He's way too big of a body to not be putting himself in front of the net. Um, he's he's been a forgettable player. Oh yeah. And, and if and if you, yep. I know we just spent twenty minutes, I mean, not ripping Kirill Kaprizov. We weren't ripping. It was more of asking more of him. If mm-hmm. you were to ask me who's been the most disappointing hockey player on the Minnesota Wild through five games, it's Jordan Greenway. Oh, great. Um, it, it, he has done nothing that's been inspiring. And to be honest, like I said, I, I think a scratch is coming. I know I put that and write that down on Mackie and Judd. I think a scratch is coming for this guy. A healthy scratch, by the way.
1: So, yeah, they're they're back in action on, what, Tuesday night in Vancouver, and then I believe that they go to Seattle a couple nights after that to play at the Kraken. <laughs> um, All right. So I think, you're, I think you're right, and let me let me recklessly speculate about why I think you're right. So after last night's game, which, you know, again, the Wild got down, they rallied, they came back 1-4-3 on the Ryan Hartman goal in overtime that beat Gibson, uh, Dean Everson was asked about the potential of getting um, Pitlick into the lineup mm-hmm. because Rem has been a healthy scratch since he got here. Dean Everson said, "Yeah, we're talking about that. It's a point of discussion, meaning it it's a point of debate Um, for tomorrow night, tonight's game. He was scratched. He was scratched. Rem was Pitlick was again. Here's why I think you're right. That fourth line has been outstanding. Yeah, yeah, there's, but I mean, there's nobody on after the Ducks game last night as well. There was nobody on that line that you're going to scratch. No." So like it's not like, yeah you know, I think Duhane's going to, to be scratched or I think Bukestead is. I think they're ta- I think the reason it turned into a debate and they didn't do it is I think it's Greenway. I think it's Greenway. I think that they're ta- they're talking about that. Um, so if uh, if Kaprizov is is stressing and and pressing himself, uh Greenway hasn't shown up. That's my problem. He hasn't shown up. The uh, last two nights, one shot on goal. Yeah. One shot on goal. Uh, you're right. He's not going to the net. Like everything, everything that his body says he should do, he's not. And it's almost like he's happy right now to watch Felino do all of the work. Well, that makes no sense. Marcus has played great. He has a far better better hockey player than I certainly thought at one time all of that being said Jordan Greenway has skills and Jordan Greenway can contribute and when you're on that line and this is the thing I don't get Declan when you're on a line with Hartman and Foligno who might have their faults but one is they're not working hard they're always working hard like you never say that those guys aren't working hard right that's not a fault I don't understand how the third guy on that line takes a powder and Charlie Coyle and that entire team, right? So Charlie Coyle was on lots of lines that took nights off. So like you'd be disappointed in Coyle, but it wasn't like he was playing with Felino and Hartman. And so this one to me is more perplexing because Jordan Greenway is literally on a line with two of probably the hardest working forwards on this team. And he's, doing almost nothing
2: he's doing nothing
1: so I'm with you I I think I think he has played himself into a scratch
2: yeah I I he hasn't done anything that's been really that encouraging um and this was before this game was logged but he's only playing 12 minutes a night and Hartman and Felino um are big time penalty killers and they just contribute more and through those four games um and this again small sample size but through four games before this game against the Preds he was starting in the offensive zone 62% of the time. So, you know, more than half of the time, significantly more to be honest, he is starting in the offensive zone, and he's not shooting the puck. He's not parking himself in front of the net. And I know some of those situations where you park yourself in front of the net, and you might not get a tip, and you might not get a point on the goal, but you can notice it. You can go back Filano. and you can notice it.
1: Foligno does it. Bingo. He, but he he's... digs too.
2: Yes. And, and, and Greenway has done nothing. And, you know, to Nick Tierhar's point here on our YouTube page, start scratching Greenway and you show your hand you lower his trade value. Um, look, I, I don't think yet Jordan Greenway is only worth a bag of pucks right now. He's a second round pick, and Bill Garrett isn't going to be probably in a pressing need to trade him by any means. Right. But he also, I don't think, and, and this is clear he doesn't have time for BS and figuring out who who is someone to build around and who is not someone to build around. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not that Jordan Greenway, if he gets scratched, it really lowers his trade value. And then if he goes to another team and maybe he goes to, like, a situation where he plays great in a bad team like Ottawa and be, oh, man, what could have been? I I think Bill Guerin knows what he's going to get out of this player. Mm -hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, Judd, but didn't going into last season, wasn't there, like, a motivational speaking time with Jordan Greenway. I, I, After the I, bubble. having Yeah. The After the said, bubble, what, they
1: called him him in and said, you either have to start to work or you're gone.
2: Yeah. And he, and he came back and worked. And last season, yeah, he was fine. He was good. He took a he took a step forward last year. He did. He did yeah. take a step forward. I'll, he doesn't I'll have, give him credit that.
1: And he doesn't have to be a – it's not like he's going to turn himself in, into a star. We don't expect that. But I think what everybody expects is with that body to work hard. Like, right. that whole, you can't have, it's not fair to have two-thirds of that line working their asses off and grinding, right? And Jordan, yep. like, oh, I'll sort of, blah. I mean, for lack of a better term, what I saw tonight was lollygagging. Yes. He was lollygagging. Yeah. You get the puck, he lollygag with it. It's like, what are you doing, dude? You're not a dangler. Why are you dangling? <laughs> Go to the net. Yeah. And, and, and yes, Marcus and Jordan have redundant skills to a certain Degree and I could see a case for for putting them on different lines as well, uh, but that being said, Marcus's work ethic makes it even more apparent what uh, Jordan is not doing. And I'm guessing right now, I'm guessing right now, you people out there in in uh, a Judd's Hockey Showville are saying, "Oh, come on, Zolgad and Goff, they'd scratch Victor Rask." I don't think that they would because Victor Rask is Victor Rask. Scratching yeah. him, scratching him yeah. would be done because you decide to eliminate him from the lineup. Correct. Gr- Greenway, pure wake up call. Yep. Pure wake up call, and unfortunately, Declan, and this is does not make him a uh, unique athlete. Unfortunately, some guys have to have this. Yep. Like every so often, it's like a damn alarm clock. Mm-hmm.
2: I, and I believe this happened. Um, yeah, this happened two years ago. This happened with Fiala. This happened exactly with Fiala. When he got yeah. here with the Predators after the trade, through the end of that season, he was forgettable. He comes back here. Um, I believe even he has an RFA issue, so he takes a while with his contract, doesn't get a full training camp, is just not the player he is for the first half dozen games. He gets scratched. And then all of a sudden, about it, and again, it wasn't just overnight, but he starts to get his game back, and he starts to get on a roll, and now he's basically been the, that exact same player that Kevin Fiala is supposed to be that the Predators thought he was when he was a first-round pick, and that the Wild thought when Paul Fenton traded for him to be a game breaker. Uh, it, it's not. It's not to say that Jordan Greenway's eulogy and career has already been written because it hasn't. It hasn't, but it is up to him to wake up and and rewrite it and and basically yeah. etch his own name into this of of what he wants to be. And I'm I'm curious if he can do that because I do think he's going to be a healthy scratch in the press box. Possibly even as soon as as this week,
1: Vancouver maybe on Tuesday night. I can see it. I could see something. Yeah. I I think they're so. I think that they are, just in fairness, going to want to play Pitlick at some point soon, and it's between Rask and Greenway. I'm scratching Jordan just to send just to send forth the message of Hey, yeah. dude, we expect more from you. All right, last thing uh, before we wrap up this one, mm-hmm. the goaltending. Yeah. So Campbell, but started the first four games. And I will say this in the two games here, I wasn't floored. I wasn't really impressed. He was, okay. he was, was okay. okay at best. Um, and in fact, I asked Dean after the game last night about cam because he tends to give up these sort of bad goals They're not. I don't think they're doom bad. Like they're not totally fluky pieces of crap, but they're not good goals. And I said, you know, cams play like, but, but as the game progresses and, you know, we saw him, he was great in OT against the jets last night improved, I said, you know, he tends to sort of progress. And Dean said, the thing with him is nothing affects him. Nothing impacts him. So, like, he can give up a bad goal or two bad goals, and he's like, okay, you know, I'm just on to the next one, which goaltenders always say, but it's BS. There's, you know, Devin Dubnik was affected by every fluky goal, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cam Talbot is, in my opinion, going to need to be more consistent and find a rhythm that he has yet to find. And tonight, Capo did nothing to help this team. And Capo, in fact, hold on a second here. What were the just just to give give you the uh, stats? He allowed he allowed five goals on it was twenty nine shots. But at one point, I want to say it It was was like twenty two. Or twenty two.
2: I remember watching that at one point. I'm looking at the stats here, and it's twenty two. So it's horrible.
1: But at one point, I think it was like five on seventeen or 18. It was terrible. I I did is between the second and third period. I did the math on a save percentage, and it was seven twenty seven. Um, I realized it was his first start. I realize that you've got to give him some time. But this team, the one thing they can't afford is mm-hmm. they can't afford their goalies to submarine them, and the slow starts are a problem, but occasionally you're going to start slow, and your goaltender has to make a great bleep and save, and the Wild has not gotten that at the start of the game so far.
2: I would actually say, um, judging by Capo's performance tonight, I, I am more concerned at the longevity of the Wild's goaltending position than I necessarily am at Cam Talbot. So the depth? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I think Kapo, at, and I know it's one game, but he was terrible tonight. It was it was just clear he was he was awful tonight. They
1: all stunk, but he's got a he yep. can't be that bad.
2: And Cam and Cam threw six games, um, or through I should say, what uh, four, uh, four games? Through the first four games of the season, right? Because uh, this is the fifth and Capital guys. Yep, that five. The season. Yes, sir. Um, outside of the Jets game, which he did not play well, but he did make some clutch saves in overtime and should have been honestly credited with with the game winning assist on a game winning goal because his his shot breakout shot leads the way down the other way. But just looking at Talbot's numbers through four games, through even strength save percentage, let's let's break this down here. His save percentage on even strength situations, 923. Mm-hmm. So pretty good, pretty good. On the power play, an 800 save percentage. So he's allowed five goals on 25 shots. That's horrible. That's mm-hmm. not good. Now, statistically, you are more likely, obviously, to let in a power play goal than you are on even strength. So he hasn't been very, very good on the power play. But sure. I I think the one that I... If, if you can balance it out, and, and this one is the one that goes over the top, um, high danger save percentage. So high danger save percentage, by the way, through natural stat trick, is a situation where the puck is very, very close to the goaltender, and it's a, it's in its name, it's a high danger situation, meaning the offensive player is probably going to have a good chance to, to, to save the puck. Sure. Through 100 minutes played, through 33 goalies that have been registered that have logged 100 minutes so far this season, in high danger save percentage situations, Cam Talbot is 16th. So he has an 875 save percentage. So basically, he has been league average in high danger situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all these metrics—him being solid five on five, him being not very good against the power play, and him being league average against high danger situations—that and, and small sample size—but this is this is Cam Talbot. Like I know, I know that this is Cam Talbot, and it doesn't really concern me too much. It's not, you know, he's not Mark andre Vezilevsky. You know, there's only two or three goaltenders who are at an elite level. But Cam Talbot is Cam Talbot. And this is the goaltender you're going to get. But if Kakinen is unplayable, which tonight showed he was unplayable, and I know he's going to get another crack, you would assume you'd like to see him get the second game in Seattle probably. I think that'd be probably the most ideal situation for him you gotta- to play on this three games of road trip. You're not playing against Colorado. Um, and you're probably not going to play him in the first game out the road. Road trip. So right. he probably draws in against Seattle, and that honestly would be a perfect situation for him to get a start. But if you don't get anything out of Capo, and Capo is submarining and you're forcing to play Cam Talbot, you're going to have no choice but to acquire a goaltender. You're going to have no choice. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, and we've seen this sometimes save the wild season, obviously, with Dubnik and even Brizgalov to a degree, you can find a backup goalie for you know, a mid-round pick. You don't have to mortgage a farm to get that. Right. But I, I think if Capo Kakinen doesn't inspire you soon, like that's going to be the number one checklist item because I, I know what I'm getting in Talbot, but you can't start him 70 times this season. Then his numbers, oh, hell will, dec- no. then his numbers will
1: decrease. No, no, no. And, and, and post Olympic break, you're going to be playing all the time. Like that schedule gets crazy. So you, you have to have, you basically at that point, Declan have to go 1A, 1B. Like you can't just keep saying Cam Talbot, Cam Talbot. And and I think Dean, so I wondered if Dean last night and talking about how Talbot rebounds after a bad goal or two, was also trying to send a message to Capo, because and I don't have statistical proof, but it feels like when things snowball and Capo's in goal, they just go really bad. Like if he's having a good game, Yeah, And we saw that stretch last year. He was marvelous for a stretch. He was good. I I think that we both at that point said, he is your top goaltender. Mm -hmm. But I remember that game in St. Louis where it went sideways, and I think he gave up nine goals. And I just remember it was like, dude, you're completely collapsing. (laughs) Like, this is a problem. And tonight felt the same. It just – he got off to a bad start. And then where where Talbot possibly can be like, okay, I'm off to a bad start and I've allowed two or three sort of iffy goals – but I'm going to bounce back. It feels like Capo just gets mind bleeped, and so I wonder if because in this league, and especially now, Declan scoring I think is way up. Like we're seeing six five games, seven six games, which from a fan's perspective is outstanding. But if that's going to be the the story of the league for 2021 22, Capo is going to have to accept there are nights he's not going to be great, and just because. You're not great. Does not mean that you say oh, it's, everything is lost. I'm going to allow nine tonight.
2: And, and goaltending, and maybe probably quarterbacks are the only two positions you cannot have a mentally weak person that gets frazzled that easily, Pitchers. right? Like, it, like if like if, like if Jor- we, like we want Jordan, we want Jordan Greenway to take a next step, you know, offensively and with his right. mindset. But when he doesn't have a when he has a bad game, it doesn't shipwreck you, right? right. Like he, he doesn't ship. When you have a goaltender who is mentally fragile. And his shipwrecking situations. Yes, th- that has way more I- well, impact on the outcome.
1: And if you're not playing well, so it, if the guys, I should say, in front of you are not playing well, and because tonight the team didn't play well, and Koppel makes two or three huge saves, confidence goes up, and now you're like, hey, we're not playing well, but let's let's start to let's start to turn this thing around potentially and get a win that, that we probably don't deserve. And with Capo, he let that first goal in, and you could and you could see the snowball. Like that's the problem. You can see the snowball there. And then it's like, okay, then there's another goal. And there and it's not that they're all terrible goals, but this is a league where you're paid to make some huge saves that you're not supposed to make. Mm-hmm. Uh hell, you know what? Talbot and OT against the Jets. He had no business making that save. It was a great save, but he did, and then you know, his team goes down and scores. I got another problem problematic stat uh, off of this for you as well. The Wild, so the old cliche is your goaltender is your best penalty killer. The Wild right now, through five games, 28th in the National Hockey League in penalty kills, mm-hmm. 69.6 percentage. That ain't going to do that it. Ain't Gotta that ain't working. Got to win more face-offs. Goaltenders have to play. and And – I know, to to your point about Cam, you're right. I know it's tougher, but that's, again, where if you're going to be a really good team, your goaltender has to save you mm-hmm. at times. Pe- yeah. The penalty kill, it's it's a tough assignment. I get that. But if we're talking about a team that can make, make a deep playoff run, you can't be like, well, Cam Talbot and Kapokokkanen are outstanding except when the Wilds killing a penalty. Right.
2: Goaltending can bail you out, and you're going to need games. You're, there's going to be games where you get heavily outshot, outpossessed, outchanced, and even to Spartus' point and other points here, the referees might even be working against you. But good goaltending can overcome that. And and I know, look, we can. you could pick every play out and find some situation where refereeing plays an issue. I, just, I refuse to let that be a crutch on why you lost the game. That was a, something that was talked about a lot, in the Vegas Golden Knights series this last mm-hmm. year, the refs it was it was the Wild playing the refs and the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, that's not why you lost the series, and honestly, that's a lame way to look at it. And you know, on this show, we want cups specifically. On Mackie and Judd, we want titles, and honestly, our mission statement on Purple Daily is we want to see a bleeping Super Bowl before. Lombardi Trophy would be nice. Judd, wouldn't you know, it? Judd, didn't you just had a birthday? Is your birthday coming up? No, it's coming up next coming month. Up. I'll be next month. Okay,
1: fifty-two years 52. old. I'd like to see a freaking. Lombardi trophy. I'm,
2: I'm I'm still young, but I'm I'm knocking the door on thirty, and I haven't even seen one professional and men's team in this. Bad town genes too for you. So and, and yeah, I'm we my just family don't history and genes are yeah. suggesting a short. I got Celtics the
1: good experience. history, but I'm just good getting older. Good for you, good for you.
2: But uh, but out, outside of that, man, I think in general it's been a, a great start. to The Wild they're four and one. Um, yeah, some things are a little a little yeah. spooky, and Kuro Kaprizov hasn't been off to the player off to the start that you want from your superstar player. Your goaltending's a little iffy um you've had to come back from behind in every situation this year uh but i'd rather have that happen than you blowing leads or you not looking like more of a complete team um and and, and by the way these points early on incredibly crucial every, every, oh in this division every point absolutely because in, in the abs
1: aren't playing yeah. well right now and i can guarantee you that's going to change no you've got you can get incredibly uh key points here and plus this this homestand's huge. They're not home again until November second. Look at the schedule before the Olympic break. Mm-hmm. The Wild is not really home that much until after that, and that's right. when they're going to play rapid fire games. So yes, these points are are huge. Um, just before we go, I want to address yeah. the officials' point though. Mm-hmm. So as and I was there, and fans were all ticked off. And yes, the referees weren't good. It's the same. So it was the same crew and one of the linesmen worked both games that they switched one of the linesmen out but the same refs worked both games and they weren't that good. I would also debate that I think trying to referee the sport now is incredibly tough. The game moves so fast. I mean it moves at lightning speed. But here's the thing tonight folks. So as mad as you were at the refs, uh ref ref you suck now, right? Which by the way Let's bring back the cheer of my childhood at the Met, which is BS, just spelled out. That was way better. I know it's a swear word. I don't care. Because when the crowd is chanting, ref, you suck, not nearly as good as, bull bleep, bull bleep, bring that, bring that, bring that one back, okay? Uh, The second thing about this is, though, the power plays tonight, the Wild, 0 for 5, the Predators, 2 for 6. They were basically even. The Predators scored two goals. The Wild scored none, which, again, to go back to where we started this show, for a Kaprizov team is inexcusable. Like, you're not scoring on the power play. Excuse me. I told you before the season, Declan, this power play should be really good. Inexcusable 0 for 5 at home. But let's not get too hung up on how the refs screwed you when the reality is there was one – difference in power play yep. one it wasn't five it wasn't six so I'm anyway all right we are uh we're done are we coming back when for right a, this week we'll, we'll do the we'll we'll next judge something. hockey we'll do
2: show midweek i'm sure you know wild play on Tuesday, canucks right? yeah
1: canucks they hate, the, hated the, canucks though
2: and another uh late night start right i'm guessing because it's in vancouver so yeah because
1: you love those you love those nine thirty starts and then we got seattle is, is seattle on thursday
2: Thursday at 9 o'clock, and then abs at 8 o'clock on Saturday. So Excellent. 9, 9, 8. So yes, plenty of opportunities. night and we'll have plenty to bring you. Plenty yep. to bring
1: in. But until then, we bid you adieu. Declan? Mm-hmm.
2: Pass shoot, score. Rate, subscribe. Thank you. We love you. Bye.
0: He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down in the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.